All right. Now back with me here is Bobby Nichols. Let me give you some details about Mr. Nichols' background. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, played his college golf at Texas A&M, where he won the Southwest Conference Individual Championship back in 1952. He was a Southwest Conference medalist in 1956 and team co-captain in 58. He joined the PGA Tour in 1960, and he won 12 times out on the regular tour, including the 1964 PGA Championship, added three more wins on the Champions Tour. In 2014, he was honored as a hometown champion by the city of Louisville when Valhalla hosted the PGA Championship that year. And I am both honored and privileged to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Good evening, Mr. Nichols. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you, Chris. Always a bit of a pleasure. So, Mr. Nichols, I had the pleasure of having Donnie Hammond on the show with me a couple of weeks ago, and he was raving about a charity event that you host every year. Talk about what that event is. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie came in. Donnie's been coming every year now to, to uh, help us out. And uh, the, the, the charity itself was started about 17 years ago. And this past year, we went over the $11 million mark in 17 wow. years. Now, this is amazing because it's strictly, I shouldn't say strictly, but it's, it's almost 98% of it is from the membership here at Fiddle Six Country Club. And that, that is absolutely amazing. We don't have a national sponsor or, or, uh, we have, of course, uh, we have a lot of people that play at the event that have, uh, you know, have, uh, companies and things outside to help us out and stuff like that. But, most of our people here at Fiddlesticks support the tour, the tour, or rather the tournament, and it's just been phenomenal. I'm, I've been amazed each and every year. It's gone over a million dollars, and I can't say enough of good things about it. Guys like Donnie Hammond and all our pros that come and play here were very special. And Mr. Nichols, talk about who the event benefits. Talk about the charity that you guys are attached to. Okay, that, that all this money that we raise stays right here in Southwest Florida, and it benefits the the uh, the abused uh, and neglected kids right here in Southwest Florida. We've each and every year we go over thousands of three or four thousand kids that we uh, take care of uh, through uh, just about everything and, and food and and everything we. We had the blessings of the backpack that we sponsor, and uh, and of course the kids itself. It's just been amazing, and uh, it has done a lot of good. Of course, uh, we continue to do this because you'd be surprised. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of people, a lot of kids, and not only in Southwest Florida but everywhere that that are go go to school hungry. And we try to do our best to make their life a little better. Wow. God bless you. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Mr. Nichols, I want to switch gears. No, please finish your thought. Oh, no, I, I just, uh, say it. It's just been phenomenal that, uh, that, uh, people have been this generous and given monies, but they've, each, they've done it each and every year. Like I say, this was a 17th year. And uh, this is how come we've been able to go over the $11 million mark. 
Mr. Nichols, I want to switch gears a little bit. And uh, here we are on the heels of another great players championship tournament. And as I was looking back through the tournament's history, and you played in it during the mid-1970s when the tournament was really first just getting created and coming out on the tour, being an event on the tour. You were there in 75 when it was played at Colonial Country Club and in 77 when it was uh, first played at TPC Sawgrass. So what do you remember about when that when that uh, tournament first came on tour? Well, it was it was quite a a, a nice made the there was good prize money uh, even back then, and uh, you know, play a sawgrass was a championship golf course too, so it was uh it was pretty special. And you know, back then we we uh, we didn't have all this many tournaments to play in, so whenever they added a new one, it was really special. And of course, the TPC. Corsair in Jacksonville was really, well, it's history what it is today. It's, it's amazing. And, Mr. Nichols, since it's a tournament put on by the players for the players, back uh, then, was there ever any conversation about making it into a major? That seems to be the thing every year. Boy, should it become but, a, the fifth major out on tour. Did you guys ever talk about that? Well, I, it, it, you know, it's always... Uh, comes up occasionally but uh, it has to uh, you have to let it let the writers or the people uh, it, it through uh, longevity and years it build it has to build up the uh where the where the other top four or today uh, majors I, eventually uh i don't know it's it's hard to say one way or another i i it's it's but by, by uh it's, it's definitely been mentioned, and in, in certainly the golf course and the venue that they have, it, it's definitely a major event. And, uh, of course, the money this year went over $2 million, which is astronomical. I could not believe that, but that's, <laughs> it went over $2 million this year. And, I mean, it's incredible. The guys that play, uh, the money that, uh, you know, that uh, they have to, to play for. So. Uh, with that going on and the uh, golf course itself and uh, and uh, and uh, every year it seems to it's pretty dy- dynamic the way it, it finishes up there's always a a challenge for for a winner to come through because those last those last few holes they're pretty uh pretty demanding speaking of which when the first time you went out to TPC Sawgrass and you you saw the island green there on 17, was that something completely new, different, foreign for what you'd ever seen or been able to play before? Were there other island greens out there? Uh, I think uh, I, I, uh, maybe in uh, Hilton Head where Tom uh, Pete and I built a golf course. I think he had a, a, a almost, a, if not uh, not in green, but uh, he kind of he kind of got things rolling with uh, the, I think it uh, uh, Hilton Head. So uh, from there on, it it uh, caught on, and he uh, has has done quite a quite a bit. It's it's it's, it's really something. Way it's of course the golf the call itself. It's so demanding, not only because of the of what it looks like, it's the weather. But fortunately, this year it wasn't too bad. The wind wise, 
course, in Jacksonville, you almost get you get some high winds, and it is it really makes it even more demanding. So it's a uh, it's a uh, it's really fun to watch. <laughs> so it's not much fun to play, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nichols, we are a few weeks away now from this year's Masters Tournament. You finished second uh -huh. in 1967 there. You actually held the lead after three rounds with Julius Burroughs and, and Burt Yancey. And then right. gave, you were actually paired with Gabe Brewer in the final round, who would ultimately come back from two strokes down to, to edge you out for the win there. But what do you remember about the 67 Masters? Well, I played with Gabe in the final round, and I, and I figured if I could shoot 70, I'd have a good chance to win, and that's exactly what I shot. But Gay, I had a two-shot lead over Gay Brewer. We were playing together, and he shot a 67, which was phenomenal uh, back then with the golf equipment we had and so forth. Anyhow, uh, I, I, he, he didn't, I didn't lose it. He, he actually Gay won the tournament. Actually, a year before that, he had a very good chance to win the three put the last hole and then he lost in the playoff to uh jack because uh, the three tommy jacobs and gay and jack nicholas played off for the 66 ma masters and jack won on the playoff but uh i believe if uh, uh if he had won that year he wouldn't have played so well in 67 but anyway he's got to give him credit he played he played one heck of a round did did he talk about that sixty six uh, final and and uh, you know losing it on eighteen there and like you say ended up in a playoff with with Mister Nicholas but did he talk to you at all about making sure that he didn't allow that to happen again in sixty seven? Well, not I don't think it entered his mind or he didn't want it to enter his mind because it wasn't uh, good to uh, keep something like that around. He he uh, he evidently never forgot, but he. Uh, it didn't bother his game because he he played off well the year following. And Mr. Nichols, that '67 Masters was Ben Hogan's last Masters tournament, and I know you and Mr. Hogan were close. Did you know that was going to be his last Masters tournament? No, not at all. In fact, uh, I had played with him in the final round of the PGA in Columbus, Ohio, in '64, and then. Uh, he was uh, played with him uh, later on that year at the World Open at Oakland Hills, which was called the World Open then, and I left forces to win that. And I played with him in the final round also. And it's kind of uh, funny that uh, when we were checking out of the hotel, we had to be staying at the same hotel at uh, at Birmingham Mission at the Radisson Hotel. Anyway. We, uh, I go downstairs Monday morning to check out, and here he is at the checkout counter. He gets finished, he turns around, he looks at me, and he says, you ought to pay me to play with you. Uh, what do you say to the <laughs> best player in the world? Certainly at that time. <laughs> That's it. Well, Mr. Hogan, anything I guess, anything I, I don't know what I can give it to do. <laughs> but anyways, he's, he, he was, uh, it was kind of special. It was, Fun to play with. He was, you know, he's the type of guy when he, when he, when he get ready to hit a shot, you just knew he was going to hit it straight the way he set up and the way he looked. It was just, uh, he was just different in a lot of ways. He 
but really an honor to play with him. Talk about Mr. Hogan and his personality. I mean, we've heard stories, you know, from Mr. Palmer over the years who had sort of a not so great relationship with Mr. Hogan and, uh, you know, being more stoic. What was he like? I'll tell you what what really, uh, I guess, kind of the newspaper got a hold of it. It was 67 when we had a Ryder Cup. He was our captain. And uh, we played it. We were playing in. We were at Houston, and this is a practice round on the day before the event started. And uh, Arnold was the only golfer in those days had a, had a plane of any kind. He had, and so his jet, he comes flying over, and he kind of gave waved with his wings, kind of. <laughs> it was kind of a showboat type of whatever. Anyways, everybody looked up and saw him. And of course, Mr. Hogan saw him, and everybody else is down on the, on the ground practicing, getting ready for the match play and the, the, the and the turn itself. So, anyways, the next day they have the pairings, and and they had a list, and actually they get they they had put down the pairings that evening. Well, Mr. Palmer's name wasn't on it. He didn't. He didn't let him. He, in other words, I we don't know to, even to today whether he did that on uh, for the for what he showboat with his plane, or if it was because that's just the way he wanted it to be. But we feel like that he would, Mr. Palmer, you would put him down on anything if it's match play or anything else. So when he didn't play the first day, everybody said the reason for it was, of course, the newspaper got a hold of it, and they said, well, it was because of of the... Anyway, that newspaper did ask him, Mr. Hogan, what I heard, uh, why he didn't play the first round, and Mr. Hogan said, because I said so. I mean, he didn't he didn't elaborate elaborate on or anything like that because they were trying to get a story out of it or whatever. <laughs> but the story, everybody had played there. I think that's what happened, and that kind of you know, Arnold being who he was and who he still is. But I mean, back then he he was winning everything, just about. And so uh, it to uh, to not have him to play the first day it would be like take a tiger and, and put him on the sidelines for the first day. You just wouldn't do it. I mean, not if you're a captain of it and so forth. Yeah. So, anyways. So, uh, Mr. Nichols, I want to take you back to the 64 PGA Championship. It, it was played at Columbus Country Club in Columbus, Ohio. Jack Nicholas is sort of backyard, if you will. And you still right. him out to a, a 64 in the first round. And actually, at that time, was you were the first person ever to shoot a 64 in the PGA Championship. So, what what got you off to such a hot start? What allowed what allowed you to shoot that 64? I'm not sure because I I, I wasn't playing. All, I didn't think of coming into the tournament, but I didn't feel like I was playing all that good. But you know, at some days, anybody that plays the tour plays professionally. Realizes you have days where you just feel like everything goes. That's, that's every time you hit a putt, it was hunting for the hole. 
And that was kind of like was that day. I putted well, but I had a lot of good shots. But, of course, when you start putting well, your your other game kind of goes along with it. It gets better. So any time you, you putt well, your other game is going to be better normally. And the combination of the two would uh, get you uh, awful little scores. And, Mr. Nichols, you, you had a one-stroke lead going into the final round over Arnold Palmer. And like you mentioned a moment ago, 64, that was a prime of his career. You also had yeah. Nicholas and, and Hogan. They were both right. tied for fifth right behind you. So what was it like trying to win your first major where you've got Palmer, Nicholas, and Hogan chasing you down? Well, it's uh, uh, you, you, you just try your best. You try to concentrate as much as you possibly can, but you, you always know where that the those premier players were they were right behind you and you tried everything you could within reason to try to just keep control of your body or your thinking your uh your uh so swaying and so forth and you try to keep that uh, out of your mind but it's difficult but it, it comes with experience more or less and uh but you know, kids nowadays, I, they come out there on the tour. They, they're not like we were because we didn't have anything else to play in until we got on the regular tour. But uh, kids today, they're veterans when they hit the tour, just about because they've got many tours they've played in, and then you got Web.com tour to play in, and you got all kinds of competition prior to going out on the regular tour. And this has been a tremendous help to the kids. You, you can see all the good players today, and they're young, and they're very capable of, of winning. And not every tournament has at least ten to fifteen young players, very, very at the very top. They're capable of of winning, and uh, it happens every week. So uh, it's. Uh, it's been, that's what has really improved the tour is the uh, different uh, tournaments they've been able to play in before they get, even get on a regular tour. Mr. Nichols, I want to switch gears a little bit. And I, and I read a comparison that said you were John Daly long back in the day. So I was curious, when, when you were out there playing on tour back in the 60s and 70s, how far were you hitting it You know, based on, you know, you talked earlier about the equipment that you had to use back then compared to what we have now, but how far were you hitting it off the tee back then? Oh, I think uh, best I can tell, one year Jack was uh, was he would more or less lead the, the tour back in the early 60s, and I think he was about 274, but sometimes they'd pick holes where guys wouldn't hit a driver, they'd lay up with a, with a three wood or something or whatever, but Anyways, he he would he would be the uh, most of the time be the I think uh, the the leader the leader overall. I would I remember I would uh, I was like two seventy one a couple of times that I, I can remember that. But uh, you know you just could uh, two eighty if anybody hit it over two eighty they were uh, well I don't know the cases Jack could uh, in fact he could hit three hundred yards sometimes but. Not very often with the equipment there was. They would, the day the kids today just about they could hit irons that far. <laughs> just 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's just amazing how far they can hit it. Right. That's, and Mr. Uh, Nichols, you yeah. were out there on the, the Champions Tour back in you know when it was in its early days, you know, starting right. in the in the mid '80s is when you went out onto the onto the Senior Tour back then. So, what was it like? You know, sort of when I look back and look at the names of the great players that you played with in the '60s, uh, they were uh-huh. the same guys you were playing with and against in the '80s. Was it like picking up right. your career and fast forwarding it 20 years and then putting oh. you back down? I was think, uh, you know, I, I think about that a lot. Back, uh, back then, we got to play with the top players in the world, and that 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 was really special. I mean, I could I could play with Hogan, Snead, Nelson. Uh, well, Nelson didn't too, play too much there. I played with him poor for that. But then you play with the Merritt. You played with the, uh, gosh, I don't know, uh, Jackie Burke and. Guys that, uh, that you know, what you admired growing up watching so forth, and you get to play with them and stuff. It was really kind of special tour when it first started. Tommy Bolt and, uh, you know, it just goes Art Wall. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. Roberto, Davis Enzo, those players, everybody. There was just, uh, Julius Boris. I mean, those guys, I could just, Go on and on and on. The guys that we played with back then that was really special. They were the I mean, people that I really looked up to, and, and everybody that played the game looked up to them back in those days. Mr. Nichols, one more before I let you go. And uh, a little bit later on tonight, I'm going to have Larry Mowry as part of the show. So I know that uh, you yeah. had some opportunities to play with him on the regular tour in the 70s. and. Oh and yeah, obviously on the senior tour in the eighties. What do you remember about Larry? Larry, when he came out, he he won almost every week on the on the uh, mini tours. He was amazing how many events he won there. I don't know, it was a huge number. Know that it. And then when he came out, he he could play. He was a good player. He was getting he get frustrated with his putting at times, but uh, Larry was a good player for a long time. And uh he uh I think he struggled with his with his back some and but like most everybody does sometimes or another, your back either gives you a little problems or some kind of ailments and so forth. But uh <laughs> Right. That's right. 'Cause uh it just uh you know, there's uh, some people stay together longer than others, their body does, so uh it it, it takes its soul. Uh, on because of the twisting and turning that you do and the balls you hit. Well, look at the best player in the world today, Tiger. He's trying, he's fighting to stay healthy, and so it 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 it, it trickles down to to a lot of lot of good players. Stuff to, well, to stay healthy. Well, Mr. Nichols, it is always an incredible honor for me to get to spend some time with you. I hope you'll continue to come back and be a part of the show. I always enjoy listening to your stories and the things that Uh uh, happened to you along the way. You're a fantastic storyteller. I I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Chris. Anytime. Thank you. All right, Mr. Nichols. Take care. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up again soon. Sure thing. Take care. You too. That is the great Bobby Nichols, again, 1964 PGA Championship winner, came close 
at the Masters back in uh, in in the uh, in the latter part of the '60s as well, and had had a wonderful career. You talk about a guy. You look at that 1967 Masters, and uh, it came a stroke shy, but uh, you know, great event there. Held off great players to win that 64 PGA Championship, and then had a had a nice run when the Senior Tour came about and got three more victories there as well. So. Always enjoy getting to spend some time with Mr. Nichols. It's always an honor. He's always got some great stories to share. And look forward to catching up with him again real soon.